Turn to page number six. Page number six. Page number six. Do you desire to know more about the Lord? About that homeland, that mansion, that heavenly city. <laughs> Amen. All right.
Yes. His word. Amen. 177. I know it's very easy and I hate to say common, but it is to go through the motions. Especially when you're younger and mom and daddy comes to church and maybe sometimes, hopefully not have to, but they make you come. But there will come a day when you got to decide for yourself. And you won't know more about the Lord until you're washed in the blood. We need to examine ourselves and make sure we're not just mechanical. Right. Because it's easy to do that. Especially when you go to church enough, you learn how to do it. But we need to make sure, look down inside, is my heart washed? This song asks questions. Are you washed in the blood?
393. <coughs> As we jerk three. 393. As we journey along this way on the way to heaven, we can sing as we go. Amen. In spite of circumstance. In spite of our surroundings. <laughs> All right. <clears throat>
Well, my brother Ben Shaw used to preach over young up there one time. Gold dust. Gold dust. Amen. Wiping off your feet. Man, I don't know, but you know, he, he took it on out there. Gold dust part two. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm looking forward to being a resident <laughs> yes. of that golden city. Woo. Oh. <clears throat> Anyone have a special prayer name? Too? Dear friend of James Jones in Mississippi, and uh, he walked to his, to his dad's house yesterday and he found his daddy dead in his house. Oh, and then he just he shook up, tore up. His dad's in a better place. He's a great man, but still the loss of a loved one. Yes. Yes. Many prayers. How's the uh, pastor in Arkansas today? Uh, I have not heard from Brother Victor personally, but I'm sure he can still continue our prayers. Yes. All right. And please uh, remember our country has already been mentioned. I, uh, I was thinking the inauguration was coming up this coming week, but someone said it's tomorrow. And so and I thought it was on the 20th, but somebody said it was on the 20th. So that's next week. Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Okay, that's what I thought. But anyway, please continue to remember them and uh, just pray for the Lord to. Bring a oil of peace across America. Mm -hmm. and, um, we can search and search. We won't find it but one right place yeah. in one person. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, all right. All right. 
My brother's still trying to figure out where to go. You know, when you're, uh, let's see, he would be uh, 61, I think. Uh, how would you like to be 61 and looking for a job? You know, I, I'm just saying. But uh, pray for the Lord to help them and, and their family. Yes. Their children. So let's get in your places and pray and ask the Lord to help us tonight. <coughs>
always look unto Him. You know, um, I know as Americans, we are pretty upset about all the things going on. And all I see now, some of y'all may be upset on one way and some may be upset the other direction. So, but anyway, all Americans are upset. But I want to remind you that the Christians were in Rome when the Roman Empire fell. Christians were in Constantinople when that part of Rome fell. When uh, Europe fell to the Nazis, there were Christians there. You see a pattern here? There's still Christians. So we don't know what's going to happen. I hope and pray America turns around. I hope America turns back to its uh, founding uh, beliefs. But you know what? If it doesn't, I'm still going to serve Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Hallelujah. Right. Amen. It was, uh, it was the Christians that helped rebuild uh, uh, Europe, rebuild Rome, rebuild Constantinople until the Muslims come through. Amen. It was Christians. And so, God will help us. Amen. Let's just follow Him. Amen. His law transcends all laws and all ways. And I'm going to tell you, uh, I, I was texting back and forth to somebody today, and they said, well, we just I just don't really know if I want to be holiness. And uh, I said, well, I sent them a few scriptures. And of course, we all know that one scripture says, uh, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. And then talks about how we've been saved and that we have become holiness. So God is holiness. They said, well, we're talking about the denomination. I said, well, we're, we're an independent church. <laughs> Hello. And I said, uh, Jesus is our head. So we try to get our orders from Him. Amen. And so I appreciate the Lord. And um, you may be all upset about what's going on, but trust Him. Trust Him. We're in one or two spots in America. Either we're on the verge of a great revival, or we're on the verge of the United States of America falling as we've never known in our generations. I don't know about you, I'm praying for revival. Hallelujah. And I believe God will give us revival. Amen. One more great revival. A little bit more time. That's what we're praying for. Amen. Well, we want to come to you here tonight. Uh, take up an offering for Brother Zane, his wife, and them youngins. And one missing, she asleep? Okay, all right. Just a warm out. Okay. So anyway, uh, uh, let's see here. Brother Jackie, how about you come receive the offering here tonight for Brother Zane? And uh, we do appreciate him so very much. Appreciate his ministry. Uh, I appreciate his doctrine, teaching. I appreciate it. Amen. Folks, we need to be Christ-centered. Christ-centered. And I appreciate that about Brother Zane. All right, Brother Jackie.
Father, we thank you, Lord, for this week. We thank you, Lord, for the message that we have heard. The yes. Lord, oh God. Bring good to our hearts and yes. Heaven, Lord, oh God, to reach that goal one day. Oh God, if you're going to take this, exactly what this man has been preaching, Lord, oh yes. God, we don't follow him. What he's been preaching, Lord, we're going to fail. We're going to fail in the end. But God, help us, Lord. Strengthen our hearts and minds. Let this offer to God. God, keep us humble, Lord, before you. Yes. Pray this, Father Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. Teresa, if you would, get us a song. Get, uh, okay. They want me to just turn it over to you. And then get Sister Estes and, and I guess three of them. Same. <laughs> All right. Come on. Let's let that Shay's already out under the power. Yeah. Hard to believe we are at this last Friday night service. It's uh, it has went so very quickly, so very quickly. But honestly, we've just enjoyed so much being with you again. Uh, we never would have imagined. This has been the first revival that we've had at this church since the last year this time. Because we just, you know, we boast not ourselves tomorrow because we don't know what a day may bring. And uh, there again, we don't know what the rest of this year may hold. So I just encourage you over and over, get in with all your heart. I mean, I would love, I would love to hear that you say, hey, you know, two, three months, whenever you have them, however you do revivals. You know, oh, we have another revival, Brother Estes. I'm going to tell you what, it was so wonderful, Brother So-and-So, come in and just, I'd love to hear that. But the Lord's already let us know that, you know, we're living in uncertain times and we don't know. That's right. And your pastor said it very well. We're right on the edge of what we do not know. But we know it's either going to be a revival or there's going to be a revolt, one of the two. And we need the Lord. And only Jesus is the answer. I sincerely absolutely believe that Jesus is the answer. Yes. I was, I'll say this, look at the girls thing. Uh, I was at a um, certain church. Wouldn't tell you where. It was, it was not here. Okay, hello. I'll let you guess for the rest of them. Huh? Uh, and it was the tail end of the Sunday school class. And there was an older gentleman, a good brother, set to the back. And he made a comment right to the teacher. It was right at the tail end of the service and uh, tail end of the Sunday school class. And, it, and you can tell he really didn't know how to answer or respond right there. And in and, uh, any case, the, the older man, he raises his hand. <coughs> pardon me. And, he's, and he, he makes <coughs> pardon me, references to a certain uh, politician. And he says, now, now this politician, he, uh, he, he helped negotiate this peace treaty. And because the Bible said, you know, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Well, that makes that man a child of God, right? And no, only being born again makes you a child of God. Well, I could tell, you know, it was right at the end. And afterwards, the teacher come to me and he, and he said, brother, that's just, you know, that was kind of put me in an odd position. What, you know, what, what do you think I, <clears throat> what do you think I should say about that? And I said, remember this. Whatever politician, whatever signatures they sign, whatever things they write, at best, all they're doing is forming a truce. They're really not making peace. A truce gets rid of the hot war. Okay, they put down their guns. 
But only Jesus can bring peace that gets rid of the cold war. That gets rid of the things on the inside of a person's heart. Say amen. You, you, they, they can write all they want to and say, okay, now put down your guns. Okay, that doesn't technically bring peace. That only brings a truce. And when that thing flares up again, they're shooting and killing each other. But only Jesus, He is the Prince of Peace because He gets on the inside of men's hearts. And men that looked at each other and said, I once hated you, and yeah, I once hated you. Now they reach across and say, I love you, and I'd lay down my life. Only Jesus can do that. But I'm telling you, He is the the answer for this hour. He is the answer for our needs. He's the answer for not only our nation, but this entire world. We need Jesus. Can you say amen? amen. We need the Lord. We need to ask God to have his way. Amen. And I, I thank you again. I just I just felt like just throwing that ass free with your paid membership, man. Yeah. Say thank you, Lord. <laughs> we thank you, Brother Butler. Thank you for your, your kindness to us. Thank you for taking excellent care of us i mean that thank you for the wonderful accommodations the fellowship the wonderful food the wonderful meals the great memories and there'll be time more time in heaven we'll get to sit back down and we'll remember some of these stories and we'll remember some of these times and oh there are going to be some stories just to share. <laughs> worship the lord tonight with us I love the Lord. I want to say, I feel like saying real quick that I'm so thankful. Um, uh, Pastor mentioned uh, appreciating um, the evangelist doctrine. And I just, I appreciate it too because, you know, I I hear him preach a lot. <laughs> and, sure you do. and you know what? He lives what he preaches. Oh, and I am so thankful I have a man of integrity. And I can sit under him and I grow and, uh, under him and I'm so thankful for that because probably everybody don't have that. And I'm so thankful to have a man of integrity and uh, he takes care of us and he lives what he preaches. And I'm so thankful for the truth. You know, it's not natural for us humans to be able to not be affected by what's going on around us and to be able to look above that. But if we could just get our eyes like he was preaching on Jesus and look a little bit higher than our circumstances and what's going on around us, we'll remember that our future is bright, yes. our way secure, yes. if we live in the Bible way.
I do say thank you to my wife as well. They told her, they said, if you marry that boy, he's going to drag you all over the states. And I said, they're telling you the truth. <laughs> she came anyway. I'm telling you, yeah. goodness of the Lord. I mean, they, they got so upset. They said, you're taking our best girl. Yeah. I said, what do you want me to take your worst? I was like, hey, is there anybody backslid can ruin my life out there? I said, no. Thank God I went for the best. Glad I did. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, but here's the problem. I know I'm going to reap what I sow one day. Oh, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about it. And one man said, he said, you know, giving your daughter away in marriage is kind of like giving a violin to a gorilla. You know, he just, he don't know how to take care of it like you do. So even so, Lord, come quickly. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. We are living in troublesome times. If we keep our eyes on the Word of God, we can have focus. Yes. We can have faith. Yes. We can have victory. Yes. We don't have to live in this perpetual fear no. of what's going to happen around us, before us. You know, Paul wrote and he said, For though for you who are troubled, rest with us. So if you're troubled tonight, rest with the rest with the writer of Paul. Then yes. say, Hey, rest in the Lord. Yes. He's got everything under control. It's kind of, it's kind of like I heard about that, you heard about that one man, he he swallowed a whole egg. He walked in that house. He had a petrified look on his face. His wife looked at him and said, Honey, what happened? He said, I just swallowed a whole egg. She said, Well, good mercy, don't move around. It could break. And he said, I know, and if I sit still, it could hatch. You know what I'm saying? So you don't, you don't know what? You don't move, move around, sit still. You can't do nothing. Scared to death. I'm telling you, man, that's how most folks are today. They don't know to move, sit still, nothing. That ain't got to be you. Say amen. That's not a true story, girls. I just made that up. Okay, that's it. Wasn't a real man that swallowed just to let you know. Bell asked, Dad, that was that true. <laughs> you got your Bibles? Turn with me, please, to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 20 tonight. Can you do anything? Do you need to do anything? Okay. Just two more and more things. Hold on. Find out it don't act so bad when it's loose. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 20 tonight, verse number 36. God's word reads like this, and when they had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them all. And they all wept sore, fell on Paul's neck, kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spake, that they should see his face no more. And they accompanied him unto the ship. Let me speak to us for just a little while tonight. And I don't know exactly which way to go. I just want the Lord to have His way. But let me just speak on this simple thought now that it's all over. 
One day will be our last day. Yes. One day you will put a period at the end of the sentence of your life. Yes. And one day men will speak about your life. What they say about your life will be a result of how you lived by your day-by-day decisions. Yes. Father, I'm asking you in Jesus' name tonight that you would touch me, that you would help me in this house, that you would lead and guide and show forth your divine goodness. I thank you, Lord God, for what you have done this week and this tabernacle. I thank you, Lord, for how you have come down and blessed our lives. And God, we've been able to share the incommunicable presence of the Lord together. I thank you, God, for victories around these altars this week, God. And I pray, God, that you would help God propel that into their hearts into the future for the days to come. To know, Lord, that we can have peace that passes all understanding. In Jesus, I pray, God, let us not be weary in well-doing, but in times just like this, to make the everyday decisions necessary to keep the fire burning, to keep our hearts prepared, to keep our minds focused, and to do the will of the Father. I ask this for this church. I ask this in the name of Jesus. For this I give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. In the house of the Lord. <clears throat> you kind of have to use your imagination with me just a little bit here tonight. They certainly loved one another. They had fought battles together, prayed together, sought the Lord together, wept together, saw miracles together. And the Lord, by His divine providence, brings them back one more time. To have an old-fashioned prayer meeting together. The Lord begins to move in that old-fashioned prayer meeting. And I don't exactly know how it worked out. Maybe just by divine revelation. Maybe the Lord just spoke word of wisdom into Paul's heart. But somehow or another, the revelation comes to him that they would see his face no more. That after all of the trials and after all the heartaches and after all the pains and, and, and in glorious, glorious times and, and heartaches and great times and bad days and all those things put together, that this would be the last time that they were ever able to see their dear friend, one of their dear mentors, one of their dear teachers, the apostle, the beloved Paul. And the Bible spoke and said when they realized this, they ran to him. They put their arms around him. They kissed him. And the Bible said that they wept sore. Question for your heart tonight. Whenever you leave this world, if we're left behind, if the Lord has not come yet, what will men say about your life? And honestly, when you're gone, will men sorely weep once you leave us? Boy, I got tight right there. I'm not talking about just the immediate few that are supposed to. I'm talking about when you leave, will there be such an impact on somebody else's life that they weep sorely at your departure? I always loved getting the letters from Dr. Burkett whenever he would write me. He would always sign the letters this way, an old warrior in dented armor. I always thought that was such a unique way to sign your letters. But I do distinctly remember the last letter that he had ever sent me. And I knew it was the last letter that he sent me. I could tell by the way that the sign was on the end of it. He, so, he said these words, Brother Otis. He said, an old warrior in dented armor 
leaning on my sword with the waters of Jordan splashing at my feet, looking to the other side, longing to go home. And when I read that, I talked to my wife and I said, that'll be the last letter that we ever receive from him. He'll soon depart from this life and he'll go on to the other. And when he died, I sorely wept for his loss. Friend, you can live your life in such a way that when you leave this place, it won't just be a shrug of the shoulder. They'll say, now that was somebody that made an impact in my life. They didn't have to be a preacher to make an impact. They didn't have to even be a deacon to make an impact. But they were somebody that was consistent. Somebody that was considerate. Somebody that was caring. And they made an impact inside of my life. And I can look back on times of my life where they came in at the ideal time and the ideal place. You don't have to have a name like the Apostle Paul to live in such a way that whenever you depart from among the body of Christ here and we look back and we say, that is a great person and has left our midst that is someone that has left our congregation go on to glory but we are certainly lost we are at a loss because they are no longer with us beloved hear me how does that happen it doesn't just happen because you come in at the last minute and leave before the final amen is there it comes in because you have a part that says I care about the people around me I care about the people in front of me I care about the people behind me. What have I got to do to help them along this journey to make an impact inside of their life too? I don't know if you ever noticed where we get the, 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 the term the Nobel Peace Prize. That actually comes from a man by the name of Albert Nobel. Ironically enough, the inventor of dynamite. Boom. In his day, Whenever a man died, they would write to the local paper in the editorial and people would give their unbiased opinion about what they thought about that man. And it was letter rip, tater chip, whatever you thought about it, put it in there. Well, Albert Nobel's brother died, but word got out it was Albert. And so everybody thought Albert had died. And when he read the paper over and over again, it said, I've never met a more selfish man. I'm glad he's gone. We're relieved today. That man never lifted a finger to help anyone else. Over and over when he saw the honest opinion about what people thought about his life, he put that paper down and he said, that cannot be the way that I am remembered in this world. And from that point on, he dedicated himself to doing different humanitarian things. Beloved, all I'm telling you is we will remember you not by a one-time thing that you did, not because you had a one-time shout around an altar, but we'll look back in their life and we'll say that was somebody that was consistent around that altar. That was somebody. And when we needed him, we could lean on him. That was somebody. And do what it meant to pray other people through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I can think back of the dear saints of God in my own life and have gone on to glory now. But consistently over and over, they helped me pray through. They kept me prayed up. They asked, I'd walk in that church. And you didn't sit out in that pew without one of them dear old saints of God looking at you and saying that. It's no saints of God. It's no 
God, you will leave behind everything you have and take with you everything you are. Oh God. I said one day you will leave behind everything that you have. And you will take with you everything that you are. I'm just wondering tonight, what are some of you going to take with you? Oh, help me, Lord. What are some of you going to take? What are the memories that some men will have? I once read, amen, about a man. He was in the, the Guinness Book of World Record. His name was Michael Letito. He's a French man. And the reason that he was in the Guinness Book of World Record was because he was known for eating metal and glass. He would grind up chandeliers and eat that thing. And that's what he was renowned for. I thought to myself, what a waste of a life when you stand before God Almighty you made it in that man's book but you missed it in God's book if God Almighty were to look at that man and say what did you do for me all that man can say is I ground up metal and swallowed it what kind of life is that beloved hear me one day we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and have a man's got to give an answer and an account for his life for the deeds that he's done whether they be good or whether they be evil what are you going to take with you what are you going to bring with you is there a consistency is there a courage is there a fire is there a persistence or have you let it fall by the wayside I'm telling you at the end at the end they need to look back and say that's somebody that we're going to miss because they were an example to everybody else amen there's some people, I'm not going to name their names, but about every three months they have one of these. And then we, you know, we. Come on, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. Oh. Okay, you can do it, you can do it. And they get back up, and about three months later, they're back down again. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you what. If you die, that's what you're going to take with you. Yeah. They were inconsistent. Help me, Lord. I said they were inconsistent in the things that I have heard people talk about. You know, vision. Anytime you start doing, you know, leadership stuff, especially overseas, how old, brother, let's just talk about vision. I've read books on it. They've got doctors out there. They want to get books 300 pages deep on what is vision. Listen, beloved, all I can say is I come across an old timer and I believe he said it the best way that I ever could hear it said. And it didn't take 300 pages to get the job done. He simply said, vision is this. It's looking at Jesus and saying, when this is all over, what do you want it to look like? Oh, hallelujah. When my life's over, when this life, what do you want it to look like? That is God's vision for my life. That is God's way for your life. Lord, when it's done, when I stand before you, when I say, Lord, here it is. Here's everything that I take with me. What do you you start praying that now. You start implementing that now. Because one day, it's all going to be over. It is appointed unto man once to die. And then the judgment. And you only get so many right nows. You only get so many here's. Right. You only get so many services and revivals. Right. 
And for that heart that says next revival, next time, next month, next year, you hear me, you're not guaranteed any one of those. Right now, you need to make a heart's changing decision and saying, Lord God, I want to live my life in such a way that when it's all over, the saints of God will say, I know that heaven is gained, but we have lost a dear saint of God. And they were certainly in our hearts. You need to say, Lord, let me live my life. And when it's all over, they don't just shrug their shoulders, but the saints of God would sorely weep. Why would they do that for such a man, Brother Estes? I believe Scripture shows it to us. I believe, number one tonight, it shows us his manner of life. That's what people remember about you. Yes. Your manner of life. Yes. Verse 20, chapter 20, rather verse 17. And from Miletus he said to Ephesus, and he called the elders of the church, and when they were come to him, he said to them, Ye know from the first day that I came unto Asia what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with humility of mind and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying and way to the Jews. He, did you hear what Paul said? He said, from day one, you watched my life. From day one, you saw you saw my manner of life. You saw me in the good seasons. You saw me in the bad. You saw me in the sunshine. And you saw me in the rain. And you saw that my life was marked by humility. But it was also marked by heartfelt desire to serve God. Serving the Lord with all humility of mind. Yes. And he said, Brother Estes, humility, that, that means I walk in the church and my knuckles dragging the ground, right? No. I've met some people, I promise you, they are proud of their humility. Yes. Uh, I'm just so humble I can't do anything. For, I would get up there and sing, but I'm just too humble. No, you're too proud to get up there and sing because you don't think you're the best of the bunch. You don't want to come in third place, God forbid, second place. So pride keeps you back and you're blaming on humility. That's not what humility is. Humility doesn't mean that you sit on your pew and hold your arms because you just can't. No, sir. Let no man think highly of himself. That's right. But he also goes on to say, let that man think soberly. That also means not too lowly. Amen. you got to come in and say, I can't do anything on my own, but I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. There's a humility that says I may not be the best. I ain't looking to be the best. Let me just be a part of what God's doing. Let me just be a part of it. Let me just give it my all. Let me do what I can in my limited way. I hate to break the news to us here tonight, but most of us in this house are not five-talent people, okay? I'm sorry, don't get upset, but most of us are not five-talent people. But can I also say this? Most of us in this house are not one-talent people either. Most of us are somewhere in the middle, about two talents, and then they may be some three, I don't know, but most of us are somewhere right in the middle. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to get everything that we've got. We're going to give it our best every that we have and we're going to be remembered on earth and heaven as somebody that poured out our heart
God. It's a heart that says, doesn't matter if my name gets in the wholeness messenger. Doesn't matter if anyone sees it. I'm going to serve God with humility. No wonder they wept sorely. Jesus is not ashamed to call that brother, that man brother. Humility is not not loving yourself. I'm not talking about the person who stands in the mirror and sings how great thou art. No, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> but have you ever met somebody? They absolutely hate themselves. The Bible said love your neighbor as you love yourself. I promise you that man that hates himself deep down inside, he hates everybody else. That's right. I'm not talking about somebody just so in love with himself and pride. No, no, no. And I'm going to tell you what, by the grace of God, I've been born again. And that gives me right to joy. By the grace of God, put His hand upon my life. That gives me right to joy. I, I, there's a lot of things I wish was different. Amen. I mean, this is the body I got stuck with. Hallelujah. This is everything I got. Amen. I would sure be one of them. But this is how it is. Over this is you come from a perfect background and your daddy was a preacher and didn't know, sir, he was not. Mom and daddy put it on the shelf and divorced. That's the home. That's, I'm sorry. But this is how it is. And this is where it is. And I am what I am by the grace of God. And I may not come from a pedigree, but I'm sure going to a perfect place. And what I got left to work with, I will. And with humility of heart, I'll take everything that I got, every chance that I get, and bring it back to the Lord and give Him glory. Oh, God, give me a life like the manner of Paul's. You mean, brother, that's just you've also went through a few hard times. You better believe it. Just because I don't get up here and sing sad songs of all the dark nights doesn't mean we haven't been through a few trials or something. I come across this a while back. I wrote it down. I walked a mile with pleasure. She chatted all the way, but left me none the wiser for all she had to say. I walked a mile with sorrow, and not a word said she. But oh, the things I learned from sorrow when sorrow walked with me. Yes, that's right. Amen. It's those long nights. Yes, sir. It's those dark times. Yes, sir. It's when you walk in and feel like every devil in hell's been on your back. And somehow or another, you still come down to this altar and lift up holy hands and go, hey, beloved. And everybody else turns around and says, I know they're going through the trial of their life. I know they feel like they've been stabbed in the back by one of their loved ones. I know that they reached out and all they've done was had a hand bitten. But somehow or another, they're still worshiping God. Yes, sir. It's the saints that we look at and surely this when they are gone because they are a testimony that no matter what the heartache, no matter what the pain you can still praise them. that's the manner of life that we need to have and someone just walks with God lives with God in humility and heartache hardships their manner of life is consistent and can I just say here tonight you say brother I've made some mistakes in the past well join the club and here's my best advice cut your losses let the devil have it okay 
put it in the past. And tonight on this Friday night, say as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And we're going to have a consistent walk. And whether I live one month or whether I live to be 101, I want them to say his dying breath was a praise unto the Lord. And he left a legacy to his children and to his children's children. And seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto. Oh Lord, get us souls again and say when it's all our manner of life was pleasing unto the Lord. Amen. Somebody spoke about Brother Ben Soul tonight. I remember here years and years, years ago, him Brother Bob Holden went to the hospital. There's an elderly dear sister in their church, saint of God. They want to go by and see her. Of course, they stood outside that door, you know. And they could hear her talking in there. And they said, well, maybe she's, maybe she's talking to somebody in that room, you know. And they kind of, you know, looked a little bit and they didn't see anybody on the other side. They said, well, she's in there by herself. So they just eased in there. Didn't want to interrupt her. Didn't want to interrupt her. And she kind of had her back turned to them like this. And she's talking over on this side. And Brother Ben said, I heard when she said, okay, well, if you'll just wait one minute, please. She turned and saw Brother Saul and Brother Holden. She smiled at him and said, they've come to take me. I'll be going home now. She laid her head back on the pillow. And she gave up the ghost. Oh, I miss those saints. I miss those stories. I miss those times. Oh, we need somebody that will stand in the gap and they cry. And they're so close to God. And one more time we hear them say, they've come to take me to glory. And I think I'll ease out of this world and walk into the... Oh, we need souls again whose manner of would be so close to the I feel the Holy Ghost in this house I feel the mercy of God in this house somebody whose life in humility, in heartache in hardship would just walk with God can you give him praise he said you watched me you saw me you saw what I did Gotta leave now. No wonder they stop. Oh, oh, sister Bessie Oliver, she's dead, gone on the board now. She died on my birthday many, many years ago. I remember as a young boy, I would go over and see Sister Bessie Oliver. We'd sit down there, and she told me one day she's elderly. She said, "You know, Brother Estes, I saw that peppermint, and I knew she was a severe diabetic." She said, I saw that peppermint, and I sure wanted that peppermint. And she said, then the Lord gave me the scripture that said, he satisfied my mouth with good things. Yeah. And from that point on, that head got jerking like that. That little tongue mouth started shaking loose. And she went talking in tongues and worshiping. She never did say anything else other than that. I just had my arms folded. I said, something tells me she got ate that peppermint. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Now look up. We've got to see that again, Brother Butler. We've got to see people raised up and walk with God in that capacity. Now listen, I ain't telling you to get off your medication, but all I'm saying is they so lie and trust God until the very end. And says, go away, slave. I will trust him. We need souls again. I'll stand in the gap and make up a hedge and have a manner of life that we will remember. Holy. 
how close to the line they could get and call themselves saints tonight. Right. Victory over the world. Victory over the things of the world. Come on, say amen, somebody. They didn't walk around in their little little fighting breeches, say amen. They gave all that up with the Lord. They didn't walk around. They gave with the scissor man every other week. Saying, y'all look like something coming out of Hollywood. They died to that old self and walked in the ways of the living God. And the Lord dealt with their soul and said, this is how I'll walk. This is how I'll talk. This is how I'll live. This is how I'll be. I wish somebody get a hold of this. We've got to come back and say, oh, Not only his manner, but his message. Verse 20, now have I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but I have showed you and have taught you publicly from house to house, both testifying to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. This was the message of his life. This is what men remembered Paul for. They will remember you. They'll remember you for something. What's it going to be? I heard one time, Brother Jeff, I heard about us. There again, he wasn't from here. As far as I know, he wasn't from around here. I ain't going to give you 100% on that, though. I don't know. He was a certain deacon, and he loved to have that collar perfectly stiff, starched. Nothing, no rain. And man, he would give those ladies at that dry clean, he would give them a fit if there was the slightest crease in that collar. I mean, he would burn them and say, you know, over and over. I mean, every time they'd see him come, they knew that that collar better be just right. Perfect stiff. Well, he passes on. That preacher's walking in there. That dry cleaners. And one of them get talking to me. Hey, I heard about it. You're so and so passing away. One of the ladies in the back said, Who? So and so. Yeah, you do. You know him. You know the one that always complained about the collar. And every one of the ladies back there said, Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. And man's dead in the grave. He'll never have one more opportunity to make an impression on those ladies. And all they remember him as is the grumpy old man that has to have a stiff collar. Lord, God help us tonight. I don't want your dying testimony to be. She was a bitter old lady who never donated anything and never prayed. He was a bitter old man and always pointed his finger at what could have been and should have been. Let them say the love of God dwelled inside her soul. The love of God dwelled inside his heart. He was a praying man. She was a praying man. They were sacrificial unto the Lord. The message of their life was Christ-centered. Say The conviction and the content of his life made up the message. Listen, most people today, they don't have convictions, they just have opinions. Maybe, kind of, yeah, if everybody else, very few people say, this is a line we will not cross. We cannot go down. We will not allow. It must be this. I behold, I go bound in the spirit in Jerusalem. 
not knowing the things that shall befall me there. None of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear to myself so that I might finish the course with joy in the ministry which I received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. You want your life to count? Then you need to get a bulldog grip on convictions and say, I'll not back up. I'll not. I don't care if everybody else does it. I don't care if everybody else tells me it's fine. What does the word of God say? What does the word of the Lord say? Hallelujah. His life his manner, his message he knew in whom he believed he's got a confidence he's got a confidence that says wherever I go it's going to be okay I was reading about John Knox some today you'd ask him, they'd say well I guess my ministry was a failure I spent the end of my life as a slave rowing on boats months and months, maybe years. John Knox is there. He's a weary old man. He's got one job. Row that oar. Wow. Said one time a priest come on one of those boats and gave one of those men an opportunity, gave all those men, those heretics as they called it, <laughs> an opportunity one more time to worship Mother Mary. Yeah. And brought in a big wooden board painted with the Madonna's face upon it and held it before John Knox. And that little feeble man took that wooden plank and looked at Mother Mary and simply said, Mother of God, looks more like painted wood to me than threw it overboard. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh. And the writer F.W. Warren said, that's distinctly, that absolutely concisely said what the entire Reformation was about. When one old man said, I got nothing else to lose, overboard with that, open to the Word of God. Oh, are you hearing me? Are you hearing me tonight? We need to get a manner of life that says, I got nothing else to lose. They're going to take, come on, they're going to take away our rights somewhere or another. They're going to take away our Bible 1, C, 3, 1. They're going to put some of us in prison. You hear me? Now I behold, I know, I know that ye all are among whom I'm going to preach in the kingdom of God. You shall see my face no more. Therefore I take you to record this day, he said, I am pure from the blood of all men. Yes. I'm not shunned to declare you all the counsel of God. How can you say that, Paul? Paul would have said, well, here's what I did. Every opportunity I had, I redeemed. If I couldn't reach him, I tried to reach a man that could reach him. And you know what? Can I not leave? I can certainly say this at this church. I don't know if I can say this at every church. But this church is responsible for praying in people that never walked in these doors. They're going to some of the church. They're going to some other place. They're paying tithes at some other church. And say, hey, you know what? That's all right. Come on in. I said, that's all right. Because we're believing God. And wherever they go, amen. So long as they in a Bible-believing homeless church, say amen. Amen. It's not about us. It's not about our little side over here. It's still about the kingdom work of God. Amen. Yeah. Paul's in that prison. 
All of a sudden he hears that jailer. Get up! Paul brushes himself off. Smiles at him. Come on, today's the day. I felt it would be. Starts walking with him. I don't know, maybe, just maybe, give it a little liberty here. Just maybe that executioner says, it's, Are you humming? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was the thing I was humming. I was, Little church song we used to sing years ago, which has kind of been on my mind today. It will be worth it all. Yes. When we see Jesus. Yes. 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 Puts his head on that chocolate mosque. I don't know, maybe that executioner starts chaining them up, and I don't know, but maybe just Paul looks back and says, Oh, no, no, you, you, you don't, I probably, you don't have to do that. I die daily. Yeah. Yeah. I already died before you ever come copy from this prison. Yeah. I died after self at that morning prayer. Yeah. I put that self down. I mean, I, I, I crucified that old man. And I'm walking in the newness of this new life. You ain't got none of that. Amen. That man rears his back, chops that man's head off of one swell foot. Amen. I wasn't there. The Bible doesn't say it, but history records that the man that executed Paul himself felt conviction and gave his heart over to Jesus Christ. Beloved, hear me. They may persecute you today, but one day you may see them in glory and they say, ah, Hallelujah. It was your testimony. It was your matter of life. It was your message that convicted my heart so much. Thank you for being the living epistle of the Word of God! I don't know what made me some of His last words were, Lord. I wasn't the strongest. I wasn't the best. I wasn't the fastest. I didn't have a good singing voice. I couldn't play an instrument. I couldn't do this. But I'm so glad that I lived my life in such a manner that I could be pleasing unto you. I close. I close tonight. His manner of life, His message of life, His motto of life. Verse 33. <coughs> I covet no man's silver or gold or apparel, Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I have shown you all things. How that so laboring you ought to support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus. How he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. We remember Paul because his motto of life is simply this. I'd rather be a giver than a taker. Yes. Yep. Yep. One man told me one time, he said, Brother Estes, there's just about two categories of folks. That's about all. There's givers and takers. The takers eat, eat better. The givers sleep better. And what you want at the end of your life what you want is for them to look back and say, that's somebody who gave yes. more than they ever took. Yes. That's somebody who put something in me and gave me something that I can never pay them back for. Yes. 
Their kindness when I was hurting was priceless. Their word of wisdom when I didn't know which way to turn was priceless. Yes. Their sacrifice for me and my family was so timely. Yes. That's someone who gave more than they ever took. You don't want them to walk up to your casket and say inside their heart and mind, good. Yeah. They were the biggest takers I ever saw in life. Right. No. The reason they weep sorely is because Paul's motto was, I'd rather be a giver than a taker. Don't misunderstand me. Some people, you got to qualify everything. If somebody tries to bless you, don't, don't, don't say, no, I can't. I mean, you understand, you receive blessings as unto the Lord. But you remember this, always give more. Always give more. Brother, this is what if I can't give, and certainly there's other ways you can give. There's ways you can pray for folks. It's priceless. All I'm saying is Paul knew his life's motto was, I'd rather be a giver than a taker. When it's all gone, and when it's all said and done, they look back and say, we now weep sorely for his loss. What did it free him from? I'll say these three things and I'll close. He said, I coveted no man's silver, gold, or apparel. Yea, yourselves know that by these hands ye have, I, these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. Three things that set him free from covetousness, idleness, selfishness. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> covetousness, idleness, selfishness. They fell on his neck and said, I sure will miss that man. Just asked us, help me tonight, please. Most people live with a constant mindset, what can I do to avoid pain? Right. And don't get me wrong, I mean, it's, it, I'm, I'm not throwing off on people that's got legitimate, you know. But our mindset is at the slightest inconvenience, yeah. run for it. At the slightest ounce of inconvenience and pain, get out of it. All I can promise you is this, is a selfish life will lead you in an empty well. You'll look back and say, this means nothing. Let me tell you something, friend. If making money was the name of the game, how come millionaires jump off balconies? Yeah. Right. Right. Highest, highest rate of suicide is not even in, not even in the government housing. It's in, the, it's in that top 1%. That's right. They reach the pinnacle and they find out it's a lie. They climb that ladder only to find out it's leaning on the wrong building. And they say, what have I got to, look, what have I got to do with this now? What's this for? Now, all they look back at is a life of absolute selfishness. But beloved, if you want a life of meaning, you say, God, let me live in such a way where I'm willing to enter in. Now, listen, beloved, I'm not saying you got to let life kill you, but you do have to let it touch you. you got to be willing to get close to those that are hurting. And when one hurts, we all hurt. And when one rejoices, we all rejoice. That's what it means to be alive. Amen. One has pain. We all have pain. Yep. 
And when one gets blessed, we rejoice with their blessing. Yeah, that's right. Amen. Because at the end of the day, it's about this. Right. And it's about this. That's right. Love him with all my heart. That's right. Love my brethren as myself. Yes. Amen. And I promise you, if you do that, you'll look in the mirror and you'll smile and there will be joy. Yes. Thank you, Lord. I close in Numbers chapter 6. It's actually dealing with a lot of the, uh, uh, the Nazarite battles there. But at the end of it, there's this interesting little prayer. And the way that the prayer ends is to pray that God's face would shine upon you. Yeah. Yes. Now, I'm going to try my best. I'm going to try my best to illustrate what it means in that Hebrew mindset for somebody's face to shine upon you. Okay, wait. Let's see if I can do this. You ready? <laughs> A smile from ear to ear. Yeah. And the prayer was this. Hey, God, look at your life. Yes. yes. May God look at your life. And smile. Please, God, let me live in such a way. Yes. That when I stand before God. Yes. Brother Jackie, let the mouse. You can start in time you like to stress I wasn't there, Brother Jackie, but I'm sure, I'm sure. They took him and they patted him and they were talking to him. I remember him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You remember that one? Oh, I didn't think you'd ever get out of that one alive. Yeah, I know. Well, that was a tough one, man. And then he gets in that boat, and they're all standing there, and they're all. Yeah. 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 in this house right now, Brother Butler, the people that are here are not always going to be here. Right. That's right. One day it's going to be your last. One day it's going to be my last. Right. God help us help you live such a life that we We live in such a manner. We live with such a message. We live with such a lot. That we were a living epistle. Morning glory to him. Can we stand on order this afternoon? for the goodness of the Lord. Once heard about an elderly lady and a chaplain was walking through a hospital and he heard her weeping in her room. Chaplain walked into the room and he, and he asked what was wrong. And the lady, of course, told him she'd been diagnosed with terminal cancer. And he tried to do his best to console her over dying. 
But then she looked at the chaplain and she said, Sir, I'm not weeping because I'm dying. She said, I'm weeping because I never really lived. Most people waste their lives. Few people spend their lives. But only the child of God is allowed the glorious opportunity to invest their lives. And that's what we do right there. You invest your life in everybody you can. You invest everything God put in you. So what can I do to put it in others? What can I do to put it in What can I do to help them? Because God always going to be here. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, our hearts are open. I'm just asking this church tonight who in this house would be willing to say, Brother Estes, I want God's help in my life to live in such a way that my manner my message, my motto would give absolute glory to God. That's right, my hands are raised too. You're not the only one. Because I feel like I fall so short. And I need His help. And I need His help again. There were hands that were raised all over this house tonight. If that is your sincere prayer, I don't want you to go through the motions. I don't want you to just say, well, this is what we do because it's the time. I want you to sincerely pray that, Father, let me live my life in that manner. Can we come to church? Can we come from where, we're, from where we're standing? And Can we find ourselves an altar here tonight? Can we make that altar an altar of true prayer?
because man knew the direction that God would have him to go on a day by day basis. 